Hey, man, how nice to see you, man. How are you? The U.S. strikes back, killing a member of the Islamic State. Welcome to Planet Rage, the intersection of insanity and madness. Here are your hosts, Larry Blydner and Darren O'Neill. I tell you, Larry, it's Planet Rage number 10, and it's the first show I'm starting actually angry. Yeah, that's nice. See, it's fortuitous. Yes. Audio issues. It's not easy being a podcaster. And let me tell you, I think this was a domino effect of things happening because we had a little power surge, which was very strange in the first place. This goes back. Yeah. We were having some weather the other morning. This was, you know, maybe about 8 a.m. or so. And the power flickered for a moment, but when it flickered, the audio on my computer, which has an ancient Logitech, uh, 5.1 system with a big honking subwoofer it makes a lot of noise and when this power surge happened all i heard because i was sitting down in the office here was like for like three seconds it made this horrible noise and then the power flicked off and on and then i realized that the speakers weren't really sounding right so i figured the power surge finally blew this old 15 year old, whatever it is, set of speakers and subwoofer. So I ordered a whole new set of speakers, which came via Amazon the other day. And I plugged them in and I'm like, yeah. these sound like crap too. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, that is also a horrible feeling because it's like, okay, now what's wrong. And I realized there was something just mucked up with the audio card in the Dell desktop that I have, which, you know, I guess that kind of made sense. I found an old like $20 little USB audio device that I had from like 10 years ago. And then all of a sudden plugged that in and the speaker sounded good. So, well, that was good because the speakers were not blown. Those were sounding good. And the audio card in a desktop can be changed and easy enough. It's probably still under warranty because this Dell desktop isn't that old. But now what I'm guessing may have happened, because we are starting the show late for those on the stream. Thanks for hanging with us. Thank you. But I just was like, okay, there's some more audio issues going on. Clicking, popping. I was losing channels. This happened when I was doing a show yesterday with the beautiful, lovely, and talented John Fletcher that did our intro. And I'm like, okay, now is the Mochu going bad? My audio interface at the same time. I mean, it wouldn't make sense, but that's what was happening. And I'm like, okay, let me let me try this. I pulled out the audio cable, the USB cable that was connected to the back of my desktop, and I plugged it into the front of my desktop. And it's like, oh, it's working now. So I'm like, okay, maybe along with the audio card going bad, maybe there was a USB port that went bad. 
and I barely touched the audio cable because I moved it to the front, the USB cable of my desktop. And when I touched it, it crackled and everything froze. And I'm like, oh, it's the cable. Yeah. It's the cable. Now, maybe this is possible because when I was re set pulling out this old speakers and putting the new speakers in, there's a mess of wires behind my desk. And unfortunately, all this is how it always works. All the wires are run where you can't get to them. So sometimes you yank on them. So I'm guessing maybe this USB yeah. cable got a good yank when I was doing sure. the speaker replacement. And that was enough to cause another hour's worth of problems and troubleshooting to figure out. But now it seems solid. It seems clear. We seem click free. So, uh, or maybe you were jumping rope with that cable and this is all <laughs> bullshit. Maybe. That could be too. I need to order some replacements though because it's the old the Motu. It doesn't have a USB C on the back. It doesn't have a USB A. What is the really big square looking one they used to use for like printers twenty years ago? Yeah, yeah that's I what's know, on the back of the Motu. Yep. So I need extra cables just in case this happens because the one I plugged into it is the cheesiest looking silver cable that probably came with a bad printer at one point. Sure. But it seems to be working. It's a USB cable, not a parallel cable, cold acid. But it's just the the really big USB connector. And I mean, besides that, my kitchen sink is backed up. So, I mean, that's also rage inducing. There you go. And I'm not a plumber. I don't Mm -hmm. know how, you know, uh, Tim, the tool man, Taylor, you are when things happen in the house. But, you know, I'll usually try to find the problem. And in this case, took the peat trap out. Boom. That was clear. It was going into Uh, the wall under the kitchen sink. mm -hmm. And the amount of water that was going into it, it seems like it should be this clog, whatever it may be, literally within a foot or two of going in to the rear of the wall, you know, into the wall under the sink, because it's like no water at all. And then it's getting clogged up. Mm. so i got yeah i got that's exactly what i did on amazon because the ones at home depot were way too expensive and i'm like i just need a short one i just need to stick it in a little bit and see if i can clear something out so we got like a 20 25 footer and fed it all the way in and it found nothing nothing uh oh it found nothing so I, i pulled it back out put all the piping back in and again it was clogged So I know when we had it professionally done at one point, he missed the hole at one point because I'm guessing there is a vent going up or something. Mm -hmm. So because it's clogged, it's going up where there is no clog. And I don't know the secret if you have a snake, especially one that is uh, manual. You know, the motorized ones are spinning like really fast all the time. And you can kind of, I guess, control where they go once they're into the wall in the pipe. Right. But uh, not so much with this. So our buddy, Net Ned, said, well, here's some stuff you can buy at Home Depot. They sell it in like a gallon. And they to show you it's really serious, not only does it come in the heavy duty plastic jug, but then it also right. comes in like an extra plastic bag around it because. Ooh, so this is this is caustic stuff. Yeah, it's like that's going to save you. It's the heavy uh, plastic of the jug. Forget that. Right. We're going to put another plastic bag around it. Right. So my wife poured like half that down, not moving. 
So I have no idea what the hell is in this sink. I had a similar situation about two years ago. 700 bucks later after a hydrojet, it was fixed. And what was causing it? That's the real question, isn't it? It is. And well, what was the, uh, the blockage was probably, I'm going to say maybe, uh, 25 yards towards the main line in the street. And, uh, the, the, it was just like, my only guess is somebody, you know, I've, I've been in this house, I don't know, eight, nine years and probably somebody for God knows how long before then was throwing, I think coffee grounds Ooh. down the sink. Yeah, that's bad. And those will eventually, you know, they will eventually gunk up a line because it was just crazy. Just this thick black was always like almost like uh, it was almost as thick as like a putty right. know, was flowing out of there. And uh, that's what it took. Yeah. Yeah. They pulled that out the last time. And we had this done like two years ago. And I was like, OK, yeah. I mean, we don't normally it's not like we're throwing hot grease or anything no. down there. No, definitely no coffee grounds. But after that was done, I have been being extra special aware, making sure when you make bacon in the air fryer, you use paper towels to get rid of all the cool grease and don't put a whole lot down when you're cleaning it. Make sure you use copious amounts of Dawn dishwashing liquid and all that. And even start using this, uh, this bio stuff, which, you know, you start out like once a day for five days and allegedly this sets some, uh, you know, sub little probiotic kind of creatures that go into the pipes and then eat the grease to keep things Mm -hmm. opened up. And uh, still the clog came back. God damn. And uh, we'll see when they come out to, to to do it this time. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what the magic is, maybe except just stop. Not don't use the kitchen sink anymore. Just start throwing everything in the backyard. Much easier. Throw in a yard. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing will clog up that it's the, it's the only thing coming down out of that line. And I, that's the only thing I can guess is that there has to be, it's hitting the vent, which vents the uh, pipe up. Cause it's the, it's the only thing on that side of the house. So I, there's nothing else that could be uh, blocking that up. I mean, there could be creatures living in there. I don't know. Could be. <laughs> that's, that's entirely possible too. Yeah, it is. You get a break in the pipe and moles or some shit build a you know condo in there. They want to do something. Yeah. It's a nice place. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, free food. But this is how the uh, <laughs> this is how the rage begins. Because, uh, you know, I'm not the you know, I don't like to, I won't play with electricity, everything else. It's like, well, if I can if I can do it myself, I'll give it a try. Right. And the fact that the whole snake went in like 20 feet and came back like with nothing. And I tried it again. Okay. It's like I know it's just like right there. And that is just yeah. so frustrating because that is. I don't mind. I mean, plumbers great folks a lot of them over on no agenda social would be more than helpful trying to have me figure this out but they're very expensive when you have to call them to the house so yes they are (laughs) it's like they're the ones with the magic tool but maybe uh you know it might be worth buying one of the thousand dollar uh snakes and then uh then rent it out to other people i don't know there you go i don't know but that (laughs) little sign in the driveways snake for rent right (laughs) your wife will love that it'll it'll pay for itself well you know the other wives in the neighborhood would be very jealous like oh yes (laughs) how much can you get for that snake probably not much so what's going on in the wonderful California? and i know you're still uh planning your exit 
Yes. Which is making it hopefully a little bit more sane. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just still as, uh, same as it ever was. And, uh, and I've been, like I said, I had kind of a nasty cold the past few days. So I've been hunkering down a little bit. So I've nothing real fresh to report, you know, boots did, on the ground type stuff. But, uh, did you consult yeah. with uh, Dr. Fauci? Uh, you know, I, I'd sooner consult with the uh, magic eight ball. I'd get better information. I'm sure. <laughs> better than, drugs, uh, maybe too. Yeah. than that clown. So no, no. <laughs> Yesterday was Halloween. I mean, we, we opted out of the Halloween, but, uh, the one guy opted out, they, they give you the, you know, you can print up a little sign. That's like, no, we're not participating in the, uh, Oh really? I didn't know that. Which it, and it didn't look, I mean, was doing other stuff around the house and you can see there wasn't a lot of kids walking up and down the street, probably one because pandemic and two, because, you know, parents maybe have realized they can just buy their kids candy. I mean, I get it. It's a thing. It's fun to go out trick-or-treating i used to enjoy doing it of course it was it was a bit of a different world when we were growing up but the one guy that lives you know about a mile or so from here who was the uh 1983 rookie of the year for the white Sox, he said only four kids showed up at his house and you know he gives away like the good stuff so yeah i think it was just a weird year for Halloween. I think uh, people want that to go away. And it's really sad because I think it's, you know, I think it's the, the world. Yeah, the world's different. But I think there's just there were always as many sickos and pedos and all that shit proportionally through any time in any space and time in the planet. I don't think shit like that ever changes. What's changed is, uh, you know, parents are more paranoid. And right. uh, it's really sad that kid, you see these kids. I first saw that shit. Um Years, I mean, long time ago, um, I was up in Northern California for a long weekend with my wife. We didn't even have a kid yet. And I saw um, signs and we were in Santa Rosa and I saw signs saying something about, you know, trunk, trunk or treat <laughs> at some parking lot. And then, you know, tr- come trick or treat at the mall. And I looked at it and said, what, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I never, I've never heard of it then. And we, I had to see. So we went over to a mall. And unbelievably, all these people are, these kids are walking up to the Gap and Bed Bath and & Beyond and uh, Dick Sporting Goods, you know, and there's, and like, I was like, this is, this is complete shit. This is not fun. Where's the mystery? Where's the adventure? You're walking through a fucking fluorescent lit mall being handed candy by people with name tags. Right. This is absolute shit. And I still hold that same opinion. Yeah, you're not wrong. And last year, I mean, we only had, I think, uh, three people ring the doorbell. Of course, yeah. it was uh, about 30 degrees colder and raining the last time. That'll help. Yeah. <laughs> and we did have the big bowl of candy. So it was just kind of like uh, everybody just, you know, take as much as you want. Because yeah. <laughs> once it's done, I don't have to open the door anymore. Yeah. Which is okay. I mean, not everybody has to open the door. You know, it's no, uh, no. Sometimes I mean, you. We- you know, in New York as a kid, we would, I would connect with, we would go out with a gang. I mean, from when I was like seven, eight years old and I'm talking the minimum seven kids, usually closer to a dozen. So we, we felt pretty confident. Nobody was going to give us any static. Right. You know? We were like, a, you know, we were, and it was, it was crazy, man. We leave at dusk and the first place, my brother and I, all of us, we, we would head to the apartment buildings because there the doors were four feet apart (laughs) yes it was efficient okay yeah and we would fill your your standard you know supermarket paper sack within an hour 
And we were never really big candy guys. The family wasn't my, well, my dad had kind of a sweet tooth. So, so we'd hustle back to the house, drop off these bags of, uh, you know, filled. I mean, must have been probably 15 pounds of candy in these, in these sacks. You know, my old man, well, that'll take me through the year. No problem. <laughs> Put that on the kitchen table and we'd head back out again. We'd be out until, you know, probably 10, 11 o'clock at night having a ball. Yeah. Which is the other thing that has changed now is at least in our town and most of the towns around here. I don't know if you guys have the same thing, but they tell you when the trick or treating time is and they try to keep it now within, I think it was like three or four hours. So it was like maybe oh, one to five or something geez. like that. So there's a fucking curfew for it. Oh, God. yeah. You, you can't start before this. You can't go after oh. that. Well, you, who gets to make that determination? Is this a town thing or a, a homeowners? The who, who's, who's making that edict? It's got to be the mayor and the folks, you know, running the town. Oh, Beetlejuice. Yeah, kind He's of. Well, I mean, this, we're outside of, well outside oh. of Chirac, but in uh, yeah. our little uh, suburb, that's the way they do it. And I think that's uh -huh. how most of them are doing. I mean, it's, I, I guess you could look at it two ways. One, maybe your kids have a better shot at candy if there's like a three hour window. Cause then people, especially when Halloween falls on as it did a Sunday, I don't know if you want people uh, ringing the doorbell from 9 AM to 9 PM. It might get to be a long day where if you're like, okay, yeah. do it between two and five and then more people will be happy yeah. to open the door. I don't, I see both sides of that, but it does seem to be a lot less fun when it's, Oh, it we've scheduled this for this time. I mean, I always kid. Yeah. When we're having family over anything else, like we're having my family over for Thanksgiving and my wife's family over for Christmas Eve, I'm like, well, schedule it for 345 to five and then kick everybody out. You know, that's uh, yeah. it's like that. No, that kind of ruins the when you're on the clock. Yeah. Nobody wants to yeah. be on the clock. And when we were doing the Halloween thing as a kid, it wasn't really about trick or treating. It was about going out and just having fun. Yes. And, uh, yes. you know, either being the kids with the eggs and shaving cream and toilet paper yeah. or avoiding those kids, depending. Uh, uh, yeah, we never did. Nobody could afford to waste eggs or, or buy shaving cream in my neighborhood in uh, in New York. But what we did was and you never see this anymore was we had chalk socks. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it was a real thing. And you, you take a, you know, like a, one of those you know, hot dog sized pieces of sidewalk chalk, right? Throw it in a, an old knee sock, tie a knot one end and then smash it until it was dust. And then we, we pelt the shit out of each other with those <laughs> chalk socks or other, other kids from other neighborhoods. And then the fun part was to take that and swing it like kind of like a, I guess a bolo or something and see how high you could land it on the side of an apartment building. And so you, you know, the day after Halloween, oh, <laughs> Every building in Queens looked like it had been, you know, been shelled or something by, by some strange device because there'd be all these chalk marks way the hell up high, three, four stories up. You know, it's competitive stuff. But guess what? First time it rained, it was all gone. Right. No damage. Right. So, you know, it's a lot of fun. No vandalism, just fun. No. No, we didn't do that. That shit. I never heard of that crap until, you know, some years later, like, what was it in, in I guess in the Midwest, they called it devil's night or something and right. fucking set fires and the, and the whole toilet paper thing. That was unheard of. Oh yeah. I think that was big me. in Detroit. For, in Detroit? Uh, okay. yeah, yeah. This, well, again, this yeah. is an excuse for people to misbehave on massive levels. Yeah. And, oh no, they're just, no, 
they're just protesting. Don't you know? Yeah. Don't you know? But uh, we have a theme with a bunch of clips because you sent one over to me and it, it all went down a comedy and uh, heckler rabbit hole, <laughs> which I mean, we've talked about comedy before. We've yes. talked about Sam Kinnison. and we talked about the fact that the only way comedy is funny is if there is a morsel of truth to it. And there are some because I watched a bunch of clips and, you know, just experiencing this for the last 50 years. There are some comics when heckled that know how to roll with it. There's other ones that know how to be just as fierce, if not a little more so back to the person heckling them. And then there are those who just lose their mind. And that's the clip that you sent over to me is, I mean, is there any other way to explain that except just she lost her mind? I guess. I mean, I remember seeing her on those, uh, those comedy central roasts they used to do 10, 15 years ago. Remember? Yes. And when they were trying to be Dean Martin, they were trying to be Dean Martin, but they really went into the sewer, but still some of them were pretty funny. And I can remember seeing Lampinelli and, and she was, she was pretty raw, but, uh, you know, a couple of, couple of laughs could be had. And so it's not like she's some, you know, new kid on the block. She's, she's been doing this a while. And really, you know, if you're going to be a comic, 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 you know, comic, uh, school 101 is you better learn how to handle hecklers because they're always going to be there yes so i so i don't know you know is this is it can't be the first time she's ever been heckled which um, that was my but, question if if this just her way of dealing with it and it's part of the bit or did she really well, i don't get- think this uh, you could be but i don't think i think she just flipped her shit and um and, and lost it i mean that's the way that's the feeling i got watching it but let's play this and everybody can vote and see if this yeah. was if this was <laughs> real or part of a bit yeah. Okay, so she's offering this guy his money back for and this guy. No, the audio's bad, which all, the audio's bad. The problem it's, with all of these, when people do stuff at like a club and then sure. everybody around them is twice as loud as what they want you to hear. Right. Because not everybody's mic'd up. But obviously, this was a case of, you know, your show sucks. And she's like, well, yeah. And to give some, you know, exposition here. What really set her off was this guy who was pretty much, you know, stage side stood up and, and handed her a hundred bucks to shut up. Okay. So <laughs> it wasn't even, that's, what, money. that's what lit the fuse on Lisa. <laughs> so this wasn't, I want my money back here. No. Was, this is more money to shut up. This here's a hundred bucks. Please shut up. Oh, yeah. that's genius. That is like yeah. an ultimate troll move. That is. <laughs> yes. This is Lisa Lampanelli. I'll let it continue. here. <laughs> Shut the 
any of my life. I don't need it now. So shut the fuck up and let me have a conversation. Shut the fuck up and let me have a conversation. Does she not know have a conversation? A conversation. That's yeah. two people. That's good, isn't it? Like, yeah. Well, it could be the voices in her head. Could be. To be fair. It's the kind of girl you want to bring home to mom. Mom's <laughs> quite yeah, met. If you're trying to give mom a nice? coronary so you can collect the insurance. <laughs> or the big, you know, maybe there's an estate involved and you're like, yeah, it's time. Holy shit. It's time. Yeah. But she could now, was she yelling at the lighting guy too? Was that what I'm hearing? Uh, uh, I may have been. She was, uh, you know, there's like, a, there's a video that, of course, that, you know, that's derived from. And um, you can see she's just unhinged. She's kind of, she's moving around the room and flailing and she's just, you know. A comic not used to being heckled. I don't get that because, you know, I've seen a lot of comics and it's usually somebody's somebody's heckling in some way at every show and good ones know how to, you know, it's it's verbal judo. And they, plus, they usually have the microphone, which also helps. Yes, that um, should give you an advantage, should give you an advantage. Um, but, you know, maybe she's maybe Lisa's ready to pack it in, try something else for a while. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying to be quiet, Stevie Nicks retarded fucking cousin. <laughs> Yeah. Stevie Nick's retarded fucking cousin. Well, that cuts to the bone. <laughs> what, what what does that even mean? I, I don't I don't quite get that. Where where did how did Stevie get pulled into this uh controversy? But there I don't know, but she's using <laughs> word choices that the left is not going to approve of. Which were those? Which, oh retarded. Yeah, yeah that's one. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's, yeah. that's 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 a no no. Yeah. That's a no, no language yeah. is being rewritten. That was the whole, uh, the whole bit that Bill Maher brought on one of his latest shows, which I have a couple clips from, but that is uh, oh, good. Everybody wants to change the language. We know that, but yeah. there's a couple uh, examples of how to actually deal with a heckler. And this is a fast clip, but this is normally how a professional would do it. They're just regular jokes, huh? Well, that's what your mom told me when I was leaving her house, but I couldn't hear her as well. I tried to understand her, you know, but she had my sperm gurgling in her throat. She said, See, now that is that's, how you do it. He, he used that R word, too. Yeah. That's um, a fucking pro right the, there. The yeah. end of that, which was just the best. Do you still want to help out? Huh? You still want to help out. Yeah. <laughs> he was phew, none better. None better than him. You know, and that was on one of his comedy albums. And I've always wondered because that little bit stuck out. And the yeah. fact that the guy yelled, and I don't know if there was any editing involved because I do that for the clips in that where if you're trying to speed something up and you want the timing to be right but if this was unedited the guy yelled speak up and instantaneously he had the speak up bit to go you know he had a response to that which he may have heard that before with people because his whole bit was to be so loud maybe this was uh not the first time a heckler yelled speak up sure yeah but that's how pro handles it that's a pro. And I've seen reels too of uh, you know, Rodney was 
great. And uh, he, I've seen reels of him just, uh, you know, five minutes long, just uh, thrusting, parrying with, uh, with hecklers. And he was great. One of my favorite lines is, hey, buddy, save your breath. You'll need it later for your inflatable date. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking awesome, you know. Right, see, but now all those cutdowns again, we're living in a society where those are now not acceptable. You know, that is like, oh, wait, no, you can't be mean to somebody. You might offend them. Then what? Well, well, there's actually some, you know, some degree of nuance and wit in Rodney's. And, and I might add, uh, you know, um, Kinnison's comebacks, but Lampinelli's just like a, a psychotic, you know, fuck you, fuck you, right. get, get the fuck. <laughs> what, what is that? I mean, so, yeah. Now, uh, which one? You know, this next comic is lauded as one of the greatest comics of all time. The late, great George Carlin. Yeah. And this was him handling a heckler and we'll let it play. And then we can, was this, we'll see if it's more Kinnison or more Lampanelli. Cool. Now, would somebody just put a dick in that guy's mouth, please? (laughs) Because that's what he wants. He's a cocksucker in disguise. He's got his mouth open because he wants someone to come in it. Now, do you want to keep making noise, motherfucker, and we can find you that way? Or are you just a punk, coward, asshole, bullshit, loud motherfucker, and you're going to shut up now so we don't find out where the fuck you're sitting? Because if you keep it up, we'll grab your ass and throw you on the fucking street where you belong with your mother. And I'm fucking her in the asshole every night anyway. So fuck you and your sister and your wife. If you got a kid, I hope your fucking kid dies in a car fire. How do you like that, you stupid cocksucker? Shut the fuck up and get the fuck out of here. You know, see, see, you got to use psychology. You got to be a bit of a psychologist up here and know how to appeal to a person. Yeah. I mean, I think it was about half and half, really. It was about half and half, but that punchline was golden psychology. (laughs) I mean, the whole I hope if you have a kid, he dies in a fire. I mean, okay, maybe. Can you even imagine somebody doing that today using that line today? I know. That'd be terrible. Why shouldn't they? You know what? I'm curious around what stage of his you know how old did he look when he was doing that you know whereabouts was he is that was pure audio so i'm not sure exactly when that one's from yeah yeah but i'd I'd be curious to know if there was earlier later later carlin Hmm. because it's interesting for the comics that want to engage more with the hecklers and there are some like you said that are really good at that yeah and make it a part of the act and you know, maybe everybody walks away feeling a little better. Now I've mm. seen examples like this, Carlin. I've seen examples of guys like Rogan giving that same kind of an answer. And when it's Rogan, it's kind of like, oh, if there's going to be a fight, then that's going to be an interesting, uh, that's going to be an interesting uh, tete-a-tete as they say. Uh, but no. you know, it's the, it's easy to go the angry route. It, I think it's, getting harder and harder to go toe to toe and try to come back with something witty that you're not going to be seen as the asshole. And it was interesting. There was one from uh, uh, what's her name? The, the blonde comic, uh, you know, I want to say Amy Schumer, but maybe it is Amy Schumer that, 
one woman just asked her, oh, where'd you get those boots? And, you know, she answered, you know, made a comment like, you know, it's not, mm. uh, you know, this is because a woman raised her hand. She like, this isn't school and you don't have permission to speak. And mm. security was immediately coming like they were going to extract this woman really? from the premises. So I'm wondering if this is like a new thing now in the comedy clubs that if you do dare to say anything that they they, they might be trying to kick you off the the comic flight as soon before Ooh. the, uh, you know, before the vehicle has come to a complete stop. Wow. I didn't know that. You know, I don't know if that's everywhere or if this is just maybe some acts are more sensitive to that. I mean, I could see that being a part of the writer. Like, Hey, if anybody starts yelling anything, you come get them. Otherwise I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. I could see that hmm. being a thing. Uh, because that I could get ugly. Yes. You know, some, some, some guy that's, uh, you know, well put together and doesn't want to be extracted. That could get, that could, whoa, that could get really bad very fast. And it's like, wasn't hmm. this a part of the whole deal for stand up comics that if you're going to do live shows, uh, you have to deal with a live audience. And that was, yeah. that was a part because of the, the territory. Yeah. It's part of the territory. It's part of the job. But now sure. you're protected. This is like a safe space, Larry. That's so fucked up. That's so fucked up, man. Yeah. If, if you're a stand up comic and you can't go toe to toe with, the audience then you probably don't belong being yeah. a stand-up comic bill burr uh, was telling a story about he was bombing in a predominantly black club one night and it was like 20 minutes in he's like nothing was working and he's like i heard a woman near the back he's like to nobody in particular but loud enough so he could hear it up in the stage just go i haven't laughed all night <laughs> that and then everybody just cracked up at that and he's like the next 20 minutes was me horribly still trying to do my act and them laughing at how bad wow. i was doing the act but that's a part of the deal when you're learning the territory yeah well you got to read a room and you got to have kind of your uh you know your audience that's tuned into your stick or it's a uh, it's it's not it's not pleasant yeah Right. And you have to be able to, well, like you said, read the room and to have a uh, thick enough skin to handle it. Unlike the remember the Michael Richards tirade. Oh, that was uh, a, that was a classic killer for him. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the, what you now have to be way more sensitive of anything from, oh, well, well, gee, uh, David Chappelle took a lot Mm. of crap for making trans jokes. And it's like, well, since when is everything off limits to make jokes about? I saw a clip of Kinnison while preparing for the show, and he was being interviewed by a television station when there were a bunch of people. If you remember back at the time, everywhere he'd go, people were protesting because it was so dangerous. And it was interesting because it was Sam totally out of the normal character saying i'm providing a show i'm providing entertainment the constitution protects that i'm not doing it on the public airwaves people have to pay to come see me they have to decide and if they don't like what i'm doing then they don't come see me and they don't pay and that's just how the whole thing works and somehow we've lost that now which is if somebody's doing an act that's offensive to anybody well, yeah, 
you and I can't laugh at that anymore. And people can't go see it because there's 1% of the population's offended by it. Well, it's cultural Marxism, but I wasn't aware that that shit was going on back when Sam was doing his stuff. He was being, there were protesters at his shows, really? Yeah. Well, yeah, wow, this, this, this was, that. remember, this was the time, because this was about the time I was in high school. This was also yeah. the time there were multiple people coming out with, oh, rock music has backwards maskings, like we heard on the last show with the Beatles one. But right. the ones they were talking yeah. about were more the satanic messaging that you would get if you listen to black sabbath or motley Crue yeah. or a variety of other acts backwards mm. and that was big around that time as well because everybody was worried that that was going to be the downfall of american children when they didn't even see the internet coming larry they didn't even see yeah, it coming that was tipper gore if you recall was uh, leading that charge that he, idiot yes and people mm. should go watch the they should watch al gore interacting during those hearings with D Snyder and yeah, Frank, Frank Zappa, Zappa, especially awesome was awesome. fantastic. It was Zappa you was like, really, yeah. You know, and you know, what was so great about that is you have, here's this guy Zappa who is not a, you know, he's not a public speaker. He's not a politician. He's not a, a trained debater. He's a fucking musician, a rocker. And he he handled Gore like he was a fucking dull three year old. It was it was epic. It was good to see. Yeah. Well, Zappa was way smarter than most people gave him way credit. smarter. Way Gore's an imbecile. <laughs> yes. And Frank was Frank was a very smart guy. Yeah. This was this is again why the comics maybe don't want to go head to toe with the people in the audience because they're afraid maybe they're going to be overmatched at this point. And uh, well, Gore was. Yeah. He was overmatched by totally. Zappa. Yeah. And the funniest thing was, I do believe Gore was a fan. Because if you're going to choose anybody in those hearings to be like, well, I consider myself a fan of your works, then, uh, you know, I, I, I thought it was funny that he started out with that with mm. Zappa. And then Zappa just pretty much eviscerated him through the through the whole thing. So it's like, well, if you're a fan of his work, then you understand that. Art isn't made for everybody. And yeah, I, I, I'm sure that was patent bullshit that, that Al Gore never heard a single Zappa track in his life ever. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, yeah. I don't, because if otherwise he would have got, I mean, this was like, oh, I get, I get what you're doing, but you know, we have to protect the children because that's yeah, what this me, whole thing right. was about. Sure. The parental advisory thing. DigiGuru uh, says he saw the late, great Sam Kinison three times here in Chicago. I'm he said jealous. nobody did it better, and you had to push your way through picketing protesters to get into the venue. See, really, so it really? was a thing. It was a thing, man. People mm-hmm. were losing their shit over Sam. Even then, assholes. Even though you, I mean, again, it's an act. This yeah. is, like you said, it's cultural Marxism. The, you know, it what is. I don't like Sam Kinison, so you can't go watch him either. That's right. But it's like if this, if this <laughs> right, Astros, assholes seeking to control others. That's what they are. Because you know what? I don't want to watch anything that's on TV now. Nothing. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> not a I, fucking thing. How do we shut all that down? I mean, that's the, the that's the yeah. question. Yeah. It's like nobody wants to. Well, not nobody wants to do that. But people with rational minds are like, you know, I don't want to watch those shows. But if you do, what do I How care? About it? Yeah. What do you care? But they care. Yeah. What do you care? I don't know. But this is yeah. the Marxism going on in the entertainment industry. And it is. 
it it kind of uh, ebbs and flows because Bill sure. Maher, he's gone to the extreme mm. at times, although through some stuff, I've always said he was a relatively fair person that is yeah. blatantly on the left. Mm-hmm. When Laura Ingraham said some stuff, he was like, you know, I didn't like what she said, but I don't want her fired from her job. You know, right. when this is what everybody goes to, I want him fired for the job. But he just did a bit on one of his latest shows about uh, the words and how he's like, maybe instead of Bibles in motel rooms, there should be dictionaries because people are uh, <laughs> not understanding the language. And there is some edits in here. So, I mean, if you saw this thing whole, it may seem a little different, but I tried okay. to get this done in a, cool. uh, a shorter period of time. This is Bill Maher. And it's not hate speech just because you disagree with it, nor is it phobic. Phobic comes from the Greek word for something one fears irrationally, like spiders or germs. But now is used as a suffix for anything you just don't like. We just don't like it, so we're pretending it's something else, is the word violence. Right. But we let him go on with that. He's absolutely right. This all. Sure is. Well, if you don't want the bathrooms in your kid's school, for instance, mm-hmm to allow for trans students to you you know the one or the other well then you're transphobic right it's like well no that's i'm just disagreeing with you or you're homophobic if you don't want the back in the day the marriage thing going on it's like well then you were homophobic it's like yeah. no but this is exactly what is always used if people disagree so it's right. nice to hear somebody on the left saying that and understanding it and he hits on something next year that we talked about, I believe, on the last show, or was it the one before? Last year, there was a staff mutiny at the CBS drama All Rise when some of the writers, <laughs> I'm sorry, I meant victims, <laughs> took issue with a scene where two women are in an elevator and a naked man gets on and they just continue talking calmly. And if you think that's offensive, you should see how the guy pushed the button. <laughs> Okay, one, I will say, excellent joke for, for these times, because definitely not politically correct. But the writers on this show found the scene objectionable and sent off an email saying two women would not calmly continue a conversation with a naked white guy running into the elevator. That is violence. Whoa. No, it's not. Yeah, I had that same reaction. One, this is from the writers on the show where this appeared. Mm. But a naked white guy running into an elevator, Larry, is violence. violence. Yeah. Well, now, I don't understand why they just didn't say a naked man or a naked male adult. Why? Why do you add white? So if a naked black guy, if a naked whatever guy that's not white runs into an elevator, that's not violence. I mean, why would you add the white part to that? Unless you were like, this is a part that this is, this affects everything I'm about to say is a white guy doing this violence. Why add that part? It doesn't make any sense, but I think most TV writers um, shouldn't be called writers really. Cause I've, I've known a number of them and they're not writers for the most. There's some that are brilliant and great. Yeah. Larry David and Seinfeld and guys like that. Yeah. Most of them, are just 
borrowers. They sit around dozen, you know, dozen in a room eating pizza, thinking, what can we fucking, what piece of old rope can we, you know, uh, braid into something new? That's right. all they do. That's all they fucking do. That's all they do. And, and it's really that just kind of, kind of uh, ripples through all of Hollywood. I mean, how many original concepts are there at all anymore? Everything's a fucking reboot. Isn't there somebody, they're going to reboot Frasier over at Netflix. Really? Why? You can't think of something new, but that's all they do. They're really very few of them are actually writers. They're fucking thieves for the most part. Well, the same thing happened in music. That is really what killed country music. I loved some country music growing up. My dad listened to Waylon and Willie and Johnny Cash and Chris Christopherson, those kind of guys. Sure. And then they went to pop country where it was literally a game of follow what the last hit was, right? which is how everything starts sounding exactly the same. Yes. Nobody has any personality. No. When a Willie Nelson song comes on one from the way he plays his guitar and the way that guitar sounds and his voice, you know, it's Willie. Yes. Johnny Cash, the same way. Waylon Jennings, the same way. Now, if I turn on country radio, it's like, I have no idea who's singing because they all sound alike and they're all That's produced. Correct. Yeah, That's right. And it, it's absolutely crap. But in the case here of the writing, you're absolutely spot on, too, is that it's the same thing being regurgitated over and over again. And the concepts that they're regurgitating now, though, they're adding in all the politically correctness, which means it doesn't matter how funny it was 10 or 20 years ago when they did the same story right. idea. Now it's boring because there's no life to it. No, but Mark comes to the conclusion we did about this violence concept. Violence is when it hurts. It usually involves leaving a mark of some kind. Of course, innumerable things can lead to violence, but I'm sorry, you can't take that word and use it for stuff that's just scary to you or just verbal, which is something I literally learned in kindergarten. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but if you don't know how that one ends, you need to repeat kindergarten. Yeah. Good for more. I for him. absolutely agree. Yeah. I mean, he went on to say Trump was a whiny little bitch or something, which I mean, that's an opinion and that's fine. I mean, yeah. he was <laughs> at times, but, uh, well, look, you've got, uh, what was it? Uh, the Loudoun County School Board requested MRAPs and choppers and 65 uh, troops with body armor for parents who wanted to complain, right? Because according to Merrick Garland, complaints are terrorism. Right language. So, you know, they're getting this shit right from the top, aren't they? Words yes, they are. are violence. Yeah. Which is why they're worried yeah. about everything people post. On social mm -hmm. media, it's why they're very worried about podcasting, because as of yet, mm -hmm. there is no gatekeeper for podcasting and there hopefully they're never will be. Well, they're working on it. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. And now, if you're in China or something like that, you have to register to play video games, which is an interesting concept. Yeah. When you want to look at how far down the rabbit hole this could go, that this is we talked about that on the last show, I believe, as well with the UK with the politician stabbed to death by a religious extremist the answer was of course we need to stop all anonymity on the internet right 
This stuff's on their list. Banned, but they already banned the knives, didn't they? They banned knives there, didn't they? In London, along with the guns. They're harder to get. Yeah, I think they're. They didn't ban them enough. <laughs> right. They need to ban them better. Ban them harder. Well, then you don't see nobody could even have a knife then. I mean, this was they just yeah. made them a little harder to get. It's like, yeah, this concept which they always use here in the United States, which is if you could just get rid of the guns, there would be no violence. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) come on. What do you want to bet? That's going to be Baldwin's uh, swan song. Interesting. I mean, that has been since we talked about that a week ago, that has been nothing but a bunch of people pointing their fingers at each other. Yeah. Which is what what typical people do. I mean, I guess Mm -hmm. I kind of get that part of it, but the reality seems to be, a lot of bad things went on, and there were, th- if I'm remembering correctly, there before this fatal event, there were three other events during the shooting of that particular movie where there was a discharge of a firearm. It's incredible. Yeah. It's beyond belief. And some people said, I'm fucking out of here and left. And they were very smart because they knew someone was going to take a bullet. Yeah, that's not yeah. the stuff to play around with. And people, at least that I know, who own firearms legally, take that stuff really, really seriously. Sure, sure. So but I bet that's going to be his play because I think his career is pretty much over. And, but he's still a guy I probably who cannot stomach to be out of the limelight for even seven seconds. So watch him dedicate himself to eradicating guns from the face of the earth. Something like that. I could right. I could well, then we can't use them in movies. No, that's for sure. Uh, and yes, uh, Sir Omaha says, I thought silence was also violence. And I think that's part of this clip here. And this is the essence of why word inflation is a problem. You can try to change reality by changing the words, but you can't. It just stops you from dealing with it. One of the bad guys in 1984 says, the whole aim of Newspeak is to narrow the range of thought. Yes, it's Orwellian. And you know what they say, Orwell never ends well. Yeah. And there was part of that. Well, he's, he's, he's right, but he's wrong. I would disagree with part of his, his quotation because you can, um, you can affect those changes when you are distorting the meanings of words to an illiterate population. True. Okay? They don't know the difference. They don't understand nuance. I, I even mentioned this in one of my shows recently, how you hear all the, I mean, it's just, it's ad nauseum. You hear these assholes uh, all over the country in government saying our democracy, our democracy. No, it's not a fucking democracy, Jack hole. <laughs> it's a Republic. Get that through your fucking head, but they don't, un- but the, the illiterate populace doesn't, understand that so it it works very effectively if you have stupid people oh yeah and he, he did use the silence as violence earlier i must have clipped it out and his response was we've learned that silence is violence and he's like and i can't figure out why paraphrasing beyond it rhymes which is <laughs> yeah, right. you know yeah. it's probably true yeah but if it does not fit you must acquit yes people don't know the meaning of words <laughs> you're absolutely right i think they push saying that the United States is a democracy is because that is what they would like it to be at least right now, because they don't like the way the voting works. They don't like the way we have, you know, the popular vote, which means nothing. Nothing. Well, not nothing. I mean, it means something, 
but that's not what elects presidents. That's we have the electoral college and Mm -hmm. in a democracy, everybody's vote would be equal and whoever would win the popular vote would win the presidential election. That is Mm -hmm. what the left likes right now, you know, until it's, you know, if it was the other way around, which is, and I'm not saying the left is any different than the right here, because I think the right would do the same thing and try to gerrymander the whole thing to let their side win. But let's just understand what everybody's doing. And the reason they're against the electoral college is because right now in the way the country is set, that would help them win more elections because let's just say we keep loading up states with the immigrants coming into this country. Let's just assume something that's not true because people are individual, but let's just say overall, and it's probably true that the people coming into the country would be more left Democrat voters because they want, they came here with nothing and they have their handout and that's not everybody. I get it. Don't send me emails, but if they all go into California, that's not going to change any presidential election whatsoever because California is always voting like 80% for the Democrats. Anyway, mm-hmm. you don't get more. I mean, they can get more electoral college votes, but the popular vote means nothing. If you keep loading it there, which who is this? I just thought about this. Is this the reason these Democrats that are in charge in places like Chicago and New York and LA, where you are, are screwing things up so badly is that people will leave these Democrat voters that live in those areas and then will leave and go somewhere else and they can spread those votes around. That could be part of the plan. Um, sure. I mean, that's what happened. Um, where did I read a couple of weeks ago that um, there were flights landing in Westchester Airport in New York and a few other New England areas packed with uh, some of the Haitians that came across the border in that latest wave. So, yeah, they're distributing them, you know, where they feel they should be. Where you need the votes. Um, we need those. But, uh, you know, to that point, though, I was thinking as you were talking that where I am one of these financial advisor type guys working for, uh, you know, Wells Fargo or any of these financial behemoths, I would drag my ass down to that southern border and set up a kiosk because there's a lot of fucking millionaires going to be happening now. They're getting half a million for each for each uh, person coming across that border and up to a million dollars a family. I mean, that's there's big money to be made, to be made there. Oh, yeah. And that, I think, is going to be the downfall. If people are paying attention and they have any logic left in their body, that has to be the downfall for the Democrat Party. Everybody that's lived here their whole lives that is working low income jobs that are struggling to make ends meet that watch. Oh, well, we separated these people at the border. Well, we're going to give them a million dollars. You know, it's like, Mm. no. That's nuts. It's absolutely insane to give that kind of money out. And I don't know if that's all going to pass, but if it does, then that should be the downfall of the left for everybody that actually believes that we shouldn't be a complete handout country. Well, we'll see. Um. (laughs) We are, however, a handout podcast. Yes, we are. (laughs) We work on the value for value model. But see, we actually, actually, is that a word? We actually try to put out some value with the shows that we do. And you get to decide if you want to give value back. That is the beauty 
of yeah. the system. If you don't get any value whatsoever, you don't send we, anything back. If you give do expo exponential value. <laughs> <laughs> to quote Joey, by the way, did you see Joey took a nap at the climate change meetings? Did you see that? No, but it was uh -oh. probably pretty boring. Oh, is he sitting there, man? And he just zonks right out. And then they send over, of course, some, you know, apparat check intern, whatever, to nudge him awake. And already like that thing, that video hit, hit the, hit the internet. And within, I'm talking four minutes somebody had recut it with a guy bringing joey a pillow <laughs> <laughs> i just love that shit man i love it yeah he does not seem to be in the same ballpark as donald trump as far as energy goes i don't care about the politics just talk about the energy of these two guys he is you know kind of like the william shatner the trump was just at an age an extended age being very active very vibrant Joe does not give you the vibrant vibe. And oh, he's a zombie. I mean, they're shooting him up with something. They're, they're, they're definitely zapping him with some, uh, some stimulant and, um, you know, so he can answer the bell. And then when that, when that runs, uh, runs out, when that clock runs down, he's done. It's nap time. You know, have some soup and a nap and uh, see you later. Right. That only lasts so long. And I know that's uh, one thing yeah. the No Agenda show had been tracking, like how many minutes. After Joe starts to speak, does it start yeah. to slow down? And right. you can tell the difference. That would be a great sort of, uh, you know, call to the producers uh, that I was kind of hoping Adam and uh, and um, John would do would be sort of poll the physicians. And it seems there are quite a few out there in, in No Agenda land and say, well, exactly what would you shoot them up with? What What is the stimulant? And, you know, how, do, how long does it last? What are the side effects? How frequently can it be done? You know, and really get a handle on this because it's clear that's what's going on. You know, there's there's chemical assistance there for Joey. There's no doubt. Yeah. Any of that stuff's going to have side effects. And most of the stuff that's out there that is known about for things like Alzheimer's and dementia. Yeah. It has a short span of being able to work and it. You know, he probably is at the beginning stages of whatever he's dealing with, mm -hmm. but it could crash horribly wrong so i'd say he's mid he's in the mid range of dementia i don't think he's at the very beginning i think uh he's been on this down this path for a while you know and he's not the only one i mean there was uh speculation that nancy pelosi was also on alzheimer's meds this was going back a few years yeah. because there was the pharmacist or whatever that uh, takes care of all this you know made a comment about how many of these politicians are on yeah. drugs for those kind of things and that's kind of scary when they're the ones drafting yeah. legislation and whatever it is it's not new i mean i i'll tell you a quick story that's sort of related to this i'm a, i've always been a huge sammy davis jr fan okay since i was a small kid guy just you know knocked my socks off that he's great spectacular talent and um, I met him a couple of times. Once in uh, once in L.A., he was doing a show. I was at a, staying at the, uh, the same hotel for a big uh, thing. I was doing with the network I was working for. And he was, you know, he's kind of he was. You could tell he was, you know, he was later in his life. He was slowing down and so forth. And uh, then he announced they brought they tried to revive the Rat Pack and and Sinatra and Sammy and Dino played a few dates. Right. Right. At big, big venues. Dino got fucking totally bored and said, I'm out of here very quickly. And then they plugged in Liza 
right for a while, the feeling for, for Dino. Uh, I don't know how long that went on. And so, I, and I, I remember seeing commercials for this and of, of video from the live performance. And Sammy, who was, you know, probably, you know, well into his 60s by then, he was jumping around on that stage like a fucking gazelle. I mean, he was like, a, he was like an 18 year old. I couldn't believe it. Holy shit, man. That guy is, he's, he's got some, you know, some fountain of youth, you know, he was really cooking. And then I, I happened, I, would, I was in Saks Fifth Avenue at Christmas and I'm shopping for a bauble for my girlfriend. And who do I see? But Sammy. Right. And he looked like the, he had a big hat on like the McDonald's Hamburglar, you know, <laughs> and he was, and he had a cane and he was bent, you know, almost, almost over. I mean, he was, he was, he was, he was hobbling along and I thought, it's, and I thought that can't be him because I saw this guy on television a week ago and he was uh, unbelievably athletic, you know, and I walked over and I, I kind of, he's a very small guy. And I sort of ducked under the hat and I said, Sammy, you know, and he goes, hey, man, how nice to see you, man. How are you? You know, and he was absolutely feeble. And I thought, what the fuck drug did they give this man to enable him to perform as he did on that stage, you know, uh, very recently? There's something because it wasn't natural. Right. No, I believe it. I do believe it. Uh, I mean, it could even be the early days of all of the. uh the stuff that kids are drinking regularly now in the energy drinks and uh, oh, it was more than caffeine. This wasn't caffeine. Get no. a nice big boost. <laughs> Sammy was an amazingly yeah. talented guy. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Dan. And, and I'd never heard anything rotten about him. So he's a very nice guy. I'd always heard, you always heard good things about him. And he could, him. he could yeah. not only could he sing, but oh. he could sing doing impressions at the same time. He did great impressions. impressions. Yeah. And he was spot on. There's uh, oh, I've got the vinyl. There was a, a live show he put out probably from the fifties or sixties. I think from the Copa that is just the amazing. I mean, he yeah. was a, an all around entertainer could sing, could dance, could do whatever. Yeah. And you're right. I've never heard anything bad about no. him. No, and, good uh, dude. Yeah. And, and if you want to see to me, like son, I've watched a ton of his stuff. And uh, if you want to see to me, like the, you know, the jewel in the crown of Sammy's performances, there's a goofy movie he made um, a long time ago called Robin in the seven hoods. Right. With Sinatra and with Sinatra, with Dino, I forget who the hell else was. Everybody was in that thing. Everyone, but you and me. And there's a scene where he is in a, in a, he was a great gunslinger. He was a big gun guy too. Very, you know, had a, quite a collection. I understand. And he does uh, like a sort of song and dance thing with with these two six guns. He's, he's doing gun tricks with them. You know, like uh, Wyatt Earp. Holy shit! And what <laughs> that guy does as he sings and dances, and it blow your mind. You see this, you're gonna go. Wait a minute, <laughs> Michael Jackson moonwalked. Okay, you later. <laughs> I mean, really, really. There was just no. The guy was unbelievably uh, good on his feet. Yeah, yeah, he could do it all. And a do lot of this stuff that was going on then that people should have moved beyond with all the race stuff is coming back even stronger than ever. And it's horrible. Yeah. A lot of people are, you know, trying to cancel even all of that. I talked about that at one point. So I used to do a bit where Sammy would jump into Dean Martin's arms and Dean Martin be like, I'd like to thank the NAACP for this, you know, and it's, it's like, oh, how could they, you know, and they called each other names. I mean, I think uh, 
Dean and Frank, you know, called Sammy Smokey and they're like, oh, well, that's horrible. It's like, but Sammy's like, but I'm calling them Dago. Do you not get the the bit that these are just guys that like each other, busting each other's chops? And uh, yeah. that's hard for people to understand now, I guess. Is. But, but Sammy, people should check him out. If you aren't familiar yeah. with his body of work, it is it is huge when it is. Uh, he had a special I, the one joke from Sinatra that I always loved was Sammy came out with a special and it was called. Yes, I can. And Frank's like, I saw that special and I sent him a telegram that said, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah, but he could. He could do it all. That did was, it all. Did it, did it all. And he did it well. You know, like all of these guys sort of fake it. You know, but, you know, he, he was the truth. Well, and he seemed to love doing what he's doing as well. He loved entertaining. Oh, yeah. He wasn't one of these guys, and I kind of split on how I feel about this, but Paul McCartney came out and said, I'm not signing autographs anymore. I'm not taking photographs. Is that true? Really? Why why did he say that? I'm curious uh, what's up with that. I don't know exactly what led to it, although, I mean, we've all ran into people like that that don't want to do that. He did say he enjoys talking to fans, so this could be a, if you see me, don't ask for a picture or an autograph, but if you want to say hello and talk for a minute, that's great. He just doesn't like taking photos. I mean, maybe he's getting older, doesn't okay. like that, doesn't right. like signing autographs. Okay. The late, great Tom Seaver was like that for me. Didn't like to sign a lot of autographs, and I really wanted the autograph. Oh. And you kind of have to respect that, I suppose. Yeah. You know, it's like if you, it's, once you've signed enough autographs, I mean, I get both sides of the equation. There are people that do sure. it for everybody that can start encroaching your life and then you have to say no at some point yeah but i don't think it's a bad thing that he said he doesn't want to sign it's now if you would have said no please don't even come up to me and <laughs> talk to me don't look at me right don't look at me <laughs> right then that would be a different story but i, I will give him a pass on the yeah. i don't want to take pictures or sign autographs but by all means sure. say hello i mean that's that's what's being uh, left out of a lot of the coverage on this. All oh, you're hearing. See, that's there's okay. You, all right. There you go. There's a bullshit story. And that's the heart of propaganda. It's be, you know, if you want to say hello, Hey, that's cool. So he's not being an asshole, but they're per- portraying him as such by leaving that. Right. That, uh, very important uh, coda out of the conversation. What you, assholes you leave that nugget out and it's a totally yeah. different yeah. story. Yeah. But back to, we do have one. One more came in today. Sir oh, who we have. Came in with 20 bucks and that was during the audio issue. So see the audio issues brought, they probably made sure. that feel sorry for me. <laughs> audio's not working. Well, thank you. And we appreciate that net net. Anybody that wants to take part, you can go to planet show. All of the information is over there. Yes. And we appreciate everybody for listening. Everybody who supports the show and everybody, especially today, listening live after we had some audio issues, it's all, being very much appreciated. And I want to thank Larry, especially since you're coming in with a cold and not feeling up to par for um, getting the show in. Though. Thank you. Anything fun yes, coming sir. up this week on that Larry show? Any, um, any more rage? I mean, <laughs> what's a lot? Uh, there's always a, there's always a smidge, I think somewhere. Um, but uh, no, I'm kind of, uh, you'll, you'll just have to come back and see me on, on Wednesday or thereabouts. And uh, there'll be something to, I hope to knock your socks off. You know? Hey. What I, I'll tell you what I'm working on very soon. Um, this would be a, maybe a week or two down the road. I'm going to do something I've been threatening to do for years. Uh-oh. The commie glossary. Ooh. And I might even have to break it into two two uh, episodes from A to M and then N to Z. 
so long over to talk about, you know, Mar and the words and the whole word thing, because, you know, I'm a word freak, too. Yeah, this definitely goes down that line of what words have been changed, uh, what they used to mean, what you can say, what you can't say. Right, right. What will get you canceled? That'll be good. I look forward to hearing that. Now, I have a question for you on what's upcoming. Um, I've I've noticed uh, I no longer seeing as grumpy old Ben's been rebranded unrelentless. It has. uh, It has. Unrelenting, which is. Unrelenting, excuse me. (laughs) It's one of those names that when you're trying to come up with something unique and the podcast index now that Adam Curry and Dave Jones have put together amongst a group of others that have been working on it. You can go and do a search there by word. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a podcast, it's a great place to go. But if you're looking to name your podcast, it's also a great place to go. Cause there's like 5 million something podcasts that have been indexed there. Yeah. So trying to find something unique mm-hmm. is nearly impossible. And for whatever reason, unrelenting was pretty much a uh, not being used, which Mm. somebody came up with that. Or like, you know, you could just say relentless and that would be easier. And I'm like, yeah, but go search for that because there's like eight different shows already using that. Sure. So, yes, Gene and I are doing Grumpy Old Ben's has morphed into unrelenting. And of course, that Mm. kind of spawned this show as well. So there Mm. there, there's a lot of uh, the same DNA in Mm. that show. Except it's it's Gene doesn't have the voice that you do. He doesn't tell the stories quite as well, and uh, oh, he's sure working on it. Job. He has his own sure podcast as well job. over at Sir Gene Speaks, and uh, we're having fun with it. And doing the rebranding, cool. it's going to take us a little bit of time to figure some things out and where that's going. But we're also looking more into using locals now, since it's a uh, a very viable alternative to patreon now that it was gobbled up by rumble mm-hmm. which is a good thing for people that don't want to be canceled yes so which we'll, is all of us yes <laughs> yes we'll say we'll see how that goes but yeah. i predict we're gonna have a lot of fun throughout the holiday season here and on unrelenting and hopefully on random thoughts where i never really know what i'm going to complain about until i complain about it but they're always great and I, app- I appreciate that until next time in which we will be back next Monday. Uh, if, if let me, if you can hear me pounding on the desk, don't hit the USB cable. <laughs> as long be as there's no audio though. issues. Yeah. I'm going to order some new USB cables today with net Ned's money. So that better be good money. Net Ned. There you go. Thank you. Net Ned. We'll talk yes. to everybody next time. All right. Later. U.S. strikes back, killing a member of the Islamic State. Whole world going to shit. Planet. Boom.